after how long? Uh, it's been a solid six months. Just well, a casual, a casual to, six months. To be fair, time has no meaning in the quar, <laughs> right, Hana? Yeah, time We've emerged from quar. our underground bunker. <laughs> climbed out into the light. Mm. What? What strange new world is this? <laughs> I honestly feel like I kind of blacked out for the last six months, and um, I'm only just gaining consciousness honestly but that could be like a daily a daily thing i feel yeah, like I, I black out every day and i'll come to in like moments of the day where i'm just like where am i who am i what have we even been doing we've been uh, at home we can't like why have literally haven't... nothing that you would um think that you would do during a quarantine where it's like i feel like also, it's like, is this even technically a quarantine? I think it's we, still it's like a shelter, shelter in place. place. Yeah, yeah, it's like, we keep calling it a quarantine. It's a shelter in place. It, it Almost like how I feel like I would approach prison, where I'm like, I'm going to get ripped. I'm going to work out every day. I'm going to read so many books. I'm going to, you know, get everything done on that massive to-do list that I've been accumulating for the last 10 years. And you know what you actually do during shelter in place? Nothing. Fuck all. Zero. That's not completely true. We moved to Seattle. All right. <laughs> we got a puppy. Right. Fair. Yeah. We are. We are one of the. I got a new job. Actually, yeah, a yeah. lot has happened. So, um, a lot has occurred. Um, there have been changes. <laughs> yeah, it is. I guess I don't know. Sometimes I feel like I did just like black out and wake up in Seattle with a dog. So those of you who've been longtime listeners of the podcast, may, listeners of the pod, <laughs> may, may recall <laughs> that every now and then we'd have a train screech around as we went. Right. Uh, we might hear some motorcycles kind of blare past the uh, the window. Just the general ambient those... noise of the shittiest place in the world. Well, not the shittiest place well, in the world, but uh, uh, yeah. Anyways, but those noises disagree. we've upgraded in that they have been replaced by the thundering steps of a two-year-old child above us oh my god and the high-pitched uh hypersonic whine of our little puppy noodle baby mm. noodle <laughs> noodle is cute this child is a fucking demon this no. child yes no yes no. i swear to god they're like fucking body slamming this child against the floor maybe it deserves it i i you know i don't disagree so, I, like, <laughs> you may hear some like dull thumps that's just nugget we don't know this child's name or gender, no. so oh. we just call it Nugget, and it lives upstairs. <laughs> just tormenting us daily. <laughs> tormenting you. I tune it out. I haven't... I, I, that's the thing. It's like, I get used to it, and then it just fucking breaks through my chill. It yeah. breaks through the calm veneer that I have shellacked myself <laughs> with, where it's like... <laughs> chill. <laughs> what chill? I am extremely chill. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you know this about me. <laughs> she said, wild-eyed and foaming at the mouth. <laughs> I'm extremely chill. I'm extremely relaxed and calm, Justin. I'm very fun and chill. <laughs> I can't breathe. Let me go of my neck. One would think that, you know, being trapped in your apartment for six months, you're like, wow, we're going to make so much podcast content. Yeah, we have a huge backlog. Yeah, it turns out that's not true. We did nothing. We were like, wow, we should really do more podcast episodes. And then we did not. We did the opposite of that, which was nothing. Again, I want to come to our def our strident defense and say that like the summers in Seattle are gorgeous. Yeah. And if you're not getting outside and like exploring while it's beautiful and sunny and the days never end, 
I mean, sure, but also there were like four months prior to that where we were fully in our shitty apartment in San Francisco, not making podcasts. Getting ready for it was a choice. It was a choice. It's fine. I'm fine. What is this podcast even about? Comic books? No, nothing. We don't talk about comic comic books, Justin. We've rebranded. Are you sure? Because (laughs) I think we're still comic bay. No, we don't speak of comics anymore. We just talk about the quarantine and the fucking shit. So actually, I went back and listened to the last episode that we did, Scott Pilgrim, back in March. Um, And we just sound like this is all going to be temporary. We're just such like... Oh, no. I know. And I was just like, you fucking idiots. <laughs> like, Yeah, you know they're saying this will be over like probably summer of 2021 now. But I think it's actually going to be much, much later. I mean, yeah. I, it's think like... it's, I think that's what they're telling us to string us along and keep us docile and, <laughs> and obedient. The man who's trying to keep us down. I think that this is... The new world order. I think that AI has been running the world since the early 2000s. Y2K, man. I was going to say, why the 2000s? And I think what happened was they've now figured out that they can kind of keep us orderly by, like, you wait in line for grocery stores. Everybody just, (laughs) like, I feel like you're, like, two steps away from being, like, I'm not going to wear a mask, man, because I'm an American. That's, like, where the direction it sounds like you're going in. I just want to just put a, just pause. I like the masks. I Oh, yeah? Yeah, they make me feel dangerous. <laughs> they make me feel like, even though it's kind of the opposite. Right. They make me feel dangerous, anonymous, like I can get away with anything. Wow, yeah. Anyway, so we read a comic, uh... We, we don't it, talk about those anymore. No. Well, it actually took us six months to read this comic. So that's why this episode is actually an extra special episode where it took us um, the six months that we weren't recording podcasts to get to finishing this one comic. That makes it sound like it's bad. Like we had to slog for No, no. We just like, we wanted to just pay extra attention and care to this one specific comic. Liar. So this is like a, an extra special episode. Lies. <laughs> oh, lies. No, I mean, I blazed through this book. I love this series. I do too, actually. It's really good. All right, yeah. what do we read? Why the Last Man. By... Volume 1. Yeah. Unmanned. By whom? By Brian K. Vaughn. Vaughn. Brian K. Vaughn. No. <laughs> Brian K. Vaughn. Thank you. And it was and, oh, You're so smug this, when you say that. Your little fucking face. You're just okay. so like, you just, oh, you look like you just got the right answer in class and it makes me want to punch you in the face. Why? Because you never got the right answer in class? That is not true. Also, Teacher, she just started to punch me. It's so annoying. It's so annoying. Yes. This is by Brian K. Vaughn and bear with me. This is, like, actually very hard for me because, like, I feel like when someone has, like, a Hispanic-sounding last name, there's, like, extra <laughs> pressure on me to prove that I'm not just gonna, white. Yeah, I was going to say, And I'm like, like, okay. Does this tap into some kind of, like... Pia Guerra. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. Uh, no, I actually... She's actually very white, so I feel comfortable saying you Pia know, Guerra. That was a really good try. You may have to revoke your Mexican card, but uh, for now, um, we'll let you hang on to it. Yeah, we read Why the Last Man. It is good. It is, one might even say, great. Yeah, it's really good. How would you rate it? How would I rate it? Yes. Four stars, baby. 
Yeah. Um, out of five? Just kidding. Out of four. <laughs> it was four out of four. It's really good. Well, I'm going to ignore that fully. And I'm going to just say that it was an A+. I would give it five stars. I really like this comic. Um, I really like Brian K. Vaughn. I think he does excellent work. He wrote my yeah. favorite comic of all time, which is Saga. Preach. Um, yeah, he's it's it's a great book. It's really, really well done. I think it suffers a little for the art. The art is really... Oh, really? Yeah, it's it's just kind of meh. Oh, wow. I actually was really impressed with the art. What? Yeah, I thought it was really good. Um, I was like, man, because um, this is one of her early works. She'd been working for a while on indie projects in, in the 90s. Yeah. But this is sort of her, like, breakout success. And so I was, like, really astonished. I was like, oh, damn, someone so good out of the gate. But what did you? What were your problems with the art? I just thought it's like, yep, she can draw a person. Cool. Like, it just wasn't very interesting. You know, it's like it lacked style almost. Like, it looked like... Oh, wow. No, really. Oh, like, it, wow. It, it, wow. it was really basic. Like, it looked... Like, oh, no. Yeah. the belt. Oh, my God. It, it looked like the drawings that you would see in, like a children like a highlights magazine or something no yes it's get like get out it's of like town this, this is a child and this is a bird and this is a car get out yes. of here with that that's no, that's that's a low blow that is a low calling it highlights yeah art come on no i stand by that yeah it's, great she can draw a person but it lacks like any kind of style like there's no it's like it's like it's 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 just like that kind of art that i just don't like where it's like hyper realistic and it's just kind of like, cool, like that, yep, that's a person. You did oh, it. Oh, man, I think her acting is really great. Like, all of her characters and Mo, like, yeah, they might be, like, if I had any criticism, they're, like, a little stiff. But it's not, like, this isn't, like, a Marvel comic where they're popping off the page and, like, legs are three feet apart in every stance and they're on the prowl about to pounce. It's, like, they're, like, walking around in a post-apocalyptic world, like... I wow I I was just impressed with some of the angles I thought the acting was good from her characters and I I was never confused about what was happening or what was like what was drawn you know um we should talk about what this book is actually about so I'm gonna give a quick synopsis please so, again the book that we read is called Why the Last Man Volume One Unmanned by Brian K Vaughn and Pia Guerra okay um so basically the comic it centers around York and his pet monkey Ampersand. And they're the last living males on the planet. And it's after this freak event that kills everything on Earth with a Y chromosome. So that's like literally everything. That's like sperm, eggs. Embryo. Like, yeah. Like, I think it's just mammals, though. Is it? Yeah. I don't think so. I think it's literally everything. So I think it's, yeah. Everything is gone. And it's this, it's a weird event. Like, it, it is never really clear what caused this. They call it the plague. So, which assumes that it might be a virus, but it also could be, like, the result of, like, this weird amulet that they sort of introduced, like, some kind of magical element. Um, later on in the series, I think that they introduce more theories, but within the first volume, the ones that they touch on the most are just sort of, like, a virus, and then maybe this weird amulet. And also the cloning. Right, where it's, like, so one of the characters, like, she gives birth to her own clone... Yeah, I think it's it's kind of, um, you have three options. You've got the magical option. You've got the science fiction option. You know, right. humans meddling with whatever has caused this. Or there's just natural disaster. And you. it's kind of, nothing is clear yet. Mm -hmm. And I don't know that it ever gets 100% answered in the series overall. But I right. think 
Which I kind of like. I sort of like oh, when yeah. they leave things like open-ended like that and you can kind of come to your own conclusions. Brian K. Vaughan said that he chose, like, there is an answer. Yeah. But he presented multiple answers. That way, everybody can kind of, like, pick their... So I know I just said that I like that, but does that also seem kind of like a lazy narrative device where it's like, if I'm an author, I'm like, you choose. Like, what do you no, think No, because he knows what it is. And it's not that you choose, it's like... But you, has he never revealed what it is? He's never said what it is, but there is an early draft of his script that... That actually says what Well, it, that was like, this is the cause. But you know, like, the series went 60 issues, so it's it went yeah. through tons of revisions and changes. So you can't necessarily rely on a first draft of a script yeah. to be the definitive answer. He has said that there is an answer, but he's going to leave everybody guessing, which I like because I hate when authors get out there and start over explaining their works about every little thing meant this or that it's like yeah. leave it up to the high school english teachers to make their <laughs> students write an essay about it you know yeah so we don't really know what is killing all the men toxic masculinity right exactly. if you ask me yeah. <laughs> but anyway so our main character yorick uh leaves new york to find his family and his girlfriend beth who he knows was last in Australia on a work assignment. Um, in the first volume, he's joined by Agent 355, who is a member of a top-secret spy network that was started by George Washington called the Culper Ring. Culper? Culper. Culper. Um, and they they basically, they the whole plot is like they're making their way to Boston to try and find the last geneticist working on asexual reproduction and cloning, um, Allison Mann, who is the person, she's the character we mentioned who was like giving birth to her own clone. Um, which, like, do they go back to that? I feel like they're like, yeah, he died, or they died. No, it's a big story arc further down the line. Okay. Well, because in the first volume, like, we meet her, and she's giving birth to her clone, and then I feel like they just drop it, and, like... There's more. Okay. But not in this volume. Typical. Go to your local comic shop and pick it up. Fucking comics. Of course it's not in the first volume. All right. Um, I want to stop you right there, okay? <laughs> this series, and one of the reasons I like Brian K. Vaughn is because his comic series have beginning, middles, and ends. He, like, does limited series, and they're well-defined. They don't just go on and on without a third act or any resolution like Spider-Man or Daredevil Which or Superman I appreciate. or Batman. Like, exactly. I, yeah, I appreciate that. So, you know. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Why don't you fold up that little umbrella, because we don't need any of that shade over here. Whoa! <laughs> god all right justin okay i fucking see you <laughs> anyway <laughs> um so yeah as like as they're trying to make their way to boston to get um allison mann who is this geneticist uh they're being chased by a couple different people the first one is york's sister hero we're gonna get to these names in a sec by now the way. is that hero as in like a hero no, so, or like is hero, that hero capital h like that's her God given. Not like G Y R O. Maybe I'm just hungry. Oh my god. <laughs> what is wrong with you? I feel like your dad beacon just flashes. Like, whenever, like, it's just like. Oh, I want to put it to the listeners. Do I have an old person yes, sensibility? Because you do. No. 100%. No. Yes, yes, one of your favorite things to say, like, you do this thing where. When you're getting like fake agitated and you're like, ah, go screw. And it's like, what is, what is that? It's like you fucking Benjamin Button from like the 1930s. <laughs> and I like, and you're somehow here. Just like, I, I noticed this too when we first started dating. We've been in quarantine alone together for a very long time. 
time. Um, but I noticed this when we like first started dating, where it's like you would say these weird little like like phrases that you picked up from like comics in the 1930s. Like, like and I think that's why dads and like dad aged men fucking love you. Like they just like you're like a dad homing beacon. They just like find you. And then they just like want to hang out with you. It's not I'm not even true. talking specifically about my dad, who yes, he does love you, but like just dads, the general population of dads. It's not true. It's one hundred percent true. <laughs> You're lying. That Giro or Giro joke, whatever is it's pronounced hero. Oh my god, <laughs> hero, Yorick's sister has joined the Amazons. They're a cult of women that spring up after the plague and they're trying to kill Yorick to preserve the female-only population. We'll get to them in a sec. Seems like a really short-sighted goal. But it's their choice. You're not wrong. Yes. Um, (laughs) Yeah, this is going to be interesting. I'm going to enjoy watching you navigate this content navigate what i'm uh, like yeah i'm a socially conscious person with a good heart okay i have nothing to worry about right okay cis white male oh, coming what? in here like <laughs> i don't know i would say that the the like the main motivation that yorick has is that he is trying to find beth like he kind of doesn't care about preserving humanity or um I guess just like anything that's happened. His one goal is to get to Australia to find Beth. Yeah, everybody kind of calls him irresponsible and kind of like, how can you do this? Like, the future of mankind is now in your hands. Right. Why are you going after this one girl? Right, exactly. Yeah, and that's something that, um, I mean, so we read the first volume for this podcast, but I've read more volumes of this. It's just, it's a really good series. And like, um, that's something that kind of remains consistent throughout the books is that he he's pretty faithful to Beth. Like, he's not... He's the last man in the world, and he's, like, not really interested in anyone else. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. Um, Brian K. Vaughan, he's given a couple origin stories for the inspiration for this. And one of them was, he said when he was a kid, he kind of had this, like, creepy fantasy where, like, you know, like, oh, if, if every man in the world died like then my babysitter would love me kind of you know like a little crush on his babysitter type thing that's kind of cute and i guess that's kind of common yeah i wouldn't know i never needed a babysitter because i was so mature (laughs) i I thought you were gonna go in a different direction from that like you're gonna be like i was such a lothario like i never had to worry about i was so young ew what's wrong with you yeah but anyways you're talking about a very specific point in time okay anyways so his whole deal was that um all the men are dead, and this is a women-led society. Yeah. But there's still a man as the main character. Oh, I actually never thought about Could that. Could be problematic. Oh, my God. But, yeah, but I mean, that is kind of interesting, where it's like, yeah, even in a world full of women, it's like the protagonist of this story is York, the last man. Right. So uh, his idea was that, you know, so many comic fans are men, and so many of them are maladjusted romantically, mm, that perhaps, that like... Out. Like, he could kind of use this as a gateway into, like, worming into people's psyches of, like, hey, like, it doesn't actually have to be some creepy fantasy, some creepy sex fantasy. Like, yeah. oh, you're the last man on earth. Eh, go get, d- go dip your wick, you know? Ew, God, again, what, what is wrong with you? That's disgusting. Of all your, like, old manisms, that is my least favorite. We're going to throw that the fuck away immediately. But Dip it, your wick? What is wrong with you? <laughs> 
Okay. Oh, God. Please, go on. Yeah. It could be romantic. It could be a quest. It could be, you know, aspirational. It could be about coming together, you know. I don't know. I feel like it is kind of irresponsible. It's Um, irresponsible to not sleep with a bunch of women. Is what your words, not mine. (laughs) I, yeah, I think that... Message received, Hannah, loud and clear. (laughs) No, it's like, if you're the last man in the world, it's like, now you're choosing to be like, no, this one woman in the fucking outback of Australia is like my, like, penguin. Like, I'm gonna find her. Penguin's made for life, bro. Yeah, but come on. But you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I mean, sure. I don't know. I think it's irresponsible. I think that if I was living in this universe and like... So they kind of have this conversation where the first thing he does is he leaves New York and he goes to try to find his family, which is like his mom who's down in Washington, D.C. His mom is a congresswoman and... And kind of a dick. Kind of a dick. She, But she like... um, This is a conversation that they have where she's like, I'm not trying to like put you out as like to like stud, but like she's like you do kind of have a responsibility. Like, you're carrying the last of the sperm. You know, it's just like, don't you think that you should stick around and help us, like, resolve this issue? Well, it's funny because she's also, she's like a super conservative Democrat. Yeah. (laughs) Like Joe Biden. (laughs) Ooh, political. Hot take, Justin. But, but, um... (laughs) Stay tuned for our take on the 2020 election. (laughs) She's anti-abortion... Pro-life? Yeah, pro-life. Yeah. Um, and all this. But then, like, they kind of note that it's like, oh, as soon as this catastrophe happens, like, she kind of throws her anti-cloning stance out right. the window. Yeah. It's now, it's about the survival of humanity, blah, blah, blah. But she blah. makes a good point where she's like, look, it's not the same world it was two months ago. Yes, but they don't call them principles because you only have them when it's convenient. <sighs> I agree. I think that it's irresponsible for him to just kind of like shirk this and go on what could be a years long quest to find Beth. Uh, I think that that year long quest is the only thing that keeps this comic from being like just a really shitty post apocalyptic, dreary, like. Well, look, I'm not arguing. I think as a narrative device, it totally makes sense. Like, they need some kind of end goal, they need some quest to keep them moving and to keep the plot going. But, like, I think that... In the real in world. In the real world, yeah, it's like, what the fuck, dude? Like, no. Like, I, no. No, no. Although it's, like, one of those things, too, where it's like, is, are there not female pilots? Like, could they not get on a plane? I mean, I guess they have to at some point, or a boat. Well, so... Okay, so the, the only reason it's kind of post-apocalyptic is not because the women are bad at doing stuff. No. It's just that, like, a lot of people died, and so our infrastructure just collapsed. Or it's like... Because as they go, like, they do start, like, society is rebuilding in these weird, like, people are adapting, like, but I think one thing they noted that was kind of depressing in an interview I listened to, like, at, I guess when this was printed in single issues, at the back of the, like, the first issue, they had a bunch of stats about, like, how many women were pilots, how many women were in these different fields. Yeah. And I guess, like, now, all these years later, we're now, it started in 2002, we're 18 years after it started, we're 11 years or so after it ended. That's some fast math. And it's slightly off, but, yeah. um, but like, those stats haven't actually changed that much. So, yeah, I sadly, this book is as relevant now as it was then. Hmm, that is kind of depressing. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, 
one of the things that I did really like about this book, just on the subject of like how the like the sort of crumbling infrastructure of the world and just general chaos, like after all the men die, is that um, I feel like one direction like you could take this would be to be like, oh my gosh, like finally women run the world, it's utopia, everything's solved, like check, 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 we did it, like, and then in this comic, it's like, I think they do a really good job of just being like, no, women are still humans and they still suck, you know, so it's just kind of like... That isn't the total mess. <laughs> like, not no, that women is, suck. But like, no, but just that it's like, humans suck. Yeah. You know, it's like, humans just make mistakes, and they go about things in really weird ways, and like, not all of it is correct, or good, or whatever, and it's like, human, beca he, because women are humans, like, that is just part of this. Which I really liked, and I appreciated that they added that in. Um, amidst other moments of like, you know, hopefulness, and just like, general... Yeah, for like, a post-apocalyptic series, it is not, like, depressing to read. It's actually kind of fun. Well, I think that's, like, to Brian K. Vaughn's credit. I feel like he it does... I don't know if I'd call it comedic writing, but he makes it kind of funny. It has a it's very... Like snappy, punchy... It has a very like, Guardians of the Galaxy vibe to it, where there's, like, serious moments interspersed with, like, a, just a low underlying thread of comedy. Yeah, and I think he talked about this book. He started writing before 9-11, a few weeks before. Yeah. 9-11 happened. He's living in New York. And he says, as a result, the book actually got a little bit lighter in tone because I think he saw how people were using humor to deal with the sort of, like, overwhelming terror of, you know, yeah. an existential threat. So I think he kind of, like channel a little bit into that book and i think it works really well because mm -hmm. i don't think this book would have taken off if it was just like you know people Dark gnashing like... their teeth and bemoaning their state in the world well they talk about that too with like the content that people watch during different periods of history or like i guess watch it's like if we're talking about television then that would just be in like the 20th century and beyond but like um you know for example they see that when like the country is in like a state of turmoil or if there's like a lot of like shit going on in the world people tend to gravitate towards like lighter shows things that are a little bit more uplifting and then vice versa you know it's like when things are like fine people want to watch like the dark and gritty kind of like intense shit and that's sort of where you see like the rise of things like game of thrones it's also where you see sort of like walking dead being hugely popular i mean things like that which so quick aside yeah. I would say the world is in turmoil now. 100%. What are you watching? <laughs> uh, that's different. I like dark things. They make me happy. <laughs> not true. You were watching that. We were watching Below Deck Mediterranean. Oh, God. So good. <laughs> I oh won't say God. it's a great show, but it is very, very... It's a very good way to pass the time. It's a good way to turn off your brain. Yeah. I thought that you were referring to The Haunting of Bly Manor, uh, where I was like, that's pretty fucking dark. But nah, yeah, whatever. It's pretty whatever. Yeah, everyone's a critic. But yeah, Below Deck Mediterranean, lots of drama. Uh, it's not like one of those reality TV shows. Are you with... pimping? I'm sorry. Are you pimping out a boat reality TV show on the podcast right now? <laughs> yeah. That, and I never... I'm sorry. Not even just a boat reality TV show, but from the seasons we watched, which are now five years old. Look, so a boat reality TV show from like 2016. Just checking. Just making sure that that's what you're doing. I guess like I never saw myself as a reality TV person. I always felt like they kind of ripped you off where they're like, they'll tease this moment 
you know, up until commercial break, and then they'll keep teasing like one moment of drama, oh, yeah. and you're kind of like, and then the episode ends, and it's not really a big deal. It's like, oh, they said something. Yeah. This show kept like a steady stream of conflict just kind of go like a low undercurrent and i was able to stay engaged and really like root for people and find myself in hypothetical situations i like the show i'm gonna go back to talking about the comic what comic okay (laughs) okay so to my last point it's like i like that they make women like not evil but not like saints you know it's like they're just people and shit happens one thing that is really crazy, though, is that, um, and this I would totally buy into, is that um, a cult or, like, an extremist faction sort of pops up, and they call themselves the Amazons. Um, the whole deal, like, they cut off their left breast, um, and it's basically, like, feminist extremists who are 100% for uh, all of the men being removed from the earth, like, pretty much all that they do is kind of, like, ride around on motorcycles, and they, like, fuck shit up, like, they, like, spray paint, like, the memorial that they have for all of the men who passed away, and then they feature as, like, um, the antagonists of the comic because they're trying to track down Yorick once they find out he is the last man in the world. They, they don't come across great, and that makes sense, you know, it's, like, they're just kind of, they're extremists, and they're just, like, generally just fucking shit up but there was this one line that i thought was really interesting where um york meets the amazons for the first time and they're talking to a woman that he they don't realize he's a man and they're talking to a woman who's standing next to them and she's kind of like you know um hey like you guys should get out of here you know that's disrespectful because they're um they're basically graffitiing this memorial uh to all the men who've died and they're like we're not upset about it. Like, you know what it means now that all the men are gone? There's no more rapists. There's no more serial killers. Um, there's no more, like, dictators. And it's like, while I don't think... I, You know, it's like, women can be rapists and serial killers. A huge percent of rapists and serial killers are fucking men. So it's... I don't disagree with them. I'm like, you know, you got a point. At first I was like, yeah, the Amazons are terrible. And then I was just kind of like, ah, uh, you know, makes sense. Kind of makes sense. I don't think I could do it. I couldn't cut off my breasts to join them. <laughs> and I want to watch you too. Mm, thank you. Man. <laughs> what do you think about the Amazons? Um, I think it's interesting because I mean like in times of turmoil, like people often turn to extremist groups to sort of create boogeyman or scapegoats, you know, like we'll protect you from XYZ, you know, like this person, this kind of person is fucking you over. And so we're going to, like, you have to do it things our way. So I think that they're a very, like, something like that would rise up in a situation like this. Um, I don't agree with them ideologically. (laughs) But I think it's also interesting that Yorick's sister, Hero, sort of joins them and then is like, so that kind of sets these brother and sister up to, you know, be at odds. Mm-hmm. What do you think of those names, Yorick and Hero? Kind of weird, huh? I think they're great. I think that if we ever have kids, we should name them Yorick and Hero or something no, equally. I, it's like, it's I like this series. I don't love it that much. <laughs> I think it's just really cool how many uh, references Brian K. Vaughn kind of makes to like classical, um, to like Shakespearean characters and like also to Greek mythology, like with the Amazons, but then also it's like Yorick's story is 
really similar to that. Like, it's really similar to the Odyssey. You know, it's like he's on this quest. He's trying to get back to, like, you know, like Odysseus. He's trying to get back to Penelope. He's, like, trying to get back to Beth. So I thought that was really cool. Um, I can't really speak on that since I only ever watched the made-for-TV miniseries. The Wishbone version? No. Oh, <laughs> God. There's a show that doesn't hold What's up. What's the story, Wishbone? <laughs> yeah, I, um, yeah, the characters' names... It's really interesting because, like, so in Hamlet, where, so York is a character in Hamlet. He's not really a character. He's really the just skull. kind of, yeah, he's just like this skull. But it's interesting because basically, like, the symbolism of York in Hamlet is essentially, he's a symbol for the inevitability of death. Yikes. Spooky. <laughs> no, it's just because, like, that whole monologue that Hamlet has where it's like, oh, alas, poor York, I knew him well. And he basically goes on to just kind of talk about how it's like, you know, this is where we're all going to end up. Like, death is inevitable. And it's funny. It's kind of ironic because it's like Yorick in Why the Last Man has, like, cheated death. Yeah. He's also an escape artist. So they, yeah, yeah, so I don't know. I wonder if Brian K. Vaughn... Layers on layers on layers. Man. Which is weird, though, because it's like, so Hero, who's also a character in... Um... Is the villain of this trade. No. no. So it's weird because it's like she's, uh, Hero is a character in Much Ado About Nothing, which is a comedy. It's actually, Much Ado About Nothing is probably one of my favorite Shakespeare plays. But it it's weird because she doesn't really have a personality or like really, she there's she's, she's one of those characters that has like almost no substance. She's sort of there to act as a catalyst for like the drama that kind of ensues where it's like she's accused of being unfaithful to Claudio and then... She's upset, and then, you know, he eventually finds out that it was fine, and, you know, Keanu Reeves is the bad guy, um, if you ever saw the Kenneth Branagh um, version. Actually, great movie. It's, like, Denzel Washington, Keanu Reeves, um, Emma Thompson. Mm, that little minx. Do you even know who that is? Yes. No, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking liar. <laughs> But anyway, so it's kind of weird because it's like, why infuse so much meaning into, like, Yorick's name? Like, why specifically choose that name? And then with Hero, just choose, like, almost like this, like, throwaway character. Was it based on Shakespeare or was it, wasn't... Yeah, because they mentioned that they're like, oh, our dad was really into the, like, classics. Right, but he... I thought it was more of just, like, kind of a, a reference to, like, the hero's journey or, like, these... Oh, is, it, was it? is it specifically the Shakespeare name? I don't. I thought that it was. I thought it was because there's. It could be actually. Because it's weird. Because about... yeah, it's like why Yorick, and then it's like Hero is a character in a Shakespeare play. So why would yeah? Hmm. These questions will never be answered. So pretentious. Can you imagine like explaining that to someone? Be like, I'm named after the hero's journey. Yeah. I'm named after this, like... I wouldn't explain it if I was a kid. I'd be like, my parents are dicks. <laughs> my parents are dicks. That's usually how I preface all of my conversations. But like, hi, Hannah. I'm like, no. It's spelled like Hannah. It's actually Hannah. There's no reason for that. It's just something that my parents have sort of... Hannah. Saddled me with for the rest of my life. <laughs> no resentment. No, I feel fine about it. Um, what did you think of Yorick as a character like did you like him dislike him were you annoyed by him did you like... um 
I thought that he was an interesting character, but yeah, I was kind of annoyed by him. Like, he kept revealing himself. And there was this one moment where, like, um, Agent 355 and him kind of, like, get into it because she's just like, she's like, you think you're invincible. She's like, you're a typical dude where it's like, you think that we can be in the middle of all these women and you can take off your mask and it's not gonna, like, cause problems. Like, and it's just like, no, it causes huge problems. And because I'm your fucking bodyguard, it causes problems for me. So I feel like Yorick, while I know that he grows throughout the series, I do not like him. I think that he's a little bit entitled. I think he's like a little bit selfish. I think that he suffers from that sort of late 90s dude trope where it's like the Chandler Bangs and like Xanders from Buffy's of the world where it's like, mm, I'm quirky and funny. And it's just like, you are so obnoxious. Interesting because Joss Whedon is actually a huge inspiration for Brian K. Vaughn. Like, oh, really? Yeah, yeah. He was hugely inspired by him, which makes sense. You know, yeah. strong female protagonist, quirky, charming, in Quote, quotation, unquote, yeah, yeah. in quotation marks, guys. No, yeah, it's it's interesting because I guess um, Karen Berger, longtime listeners may remember her as the longtime editor of Vertigo. Um, she got the initial script for Why the Last Man, and one of her notes coming back was like, "Oh, this is great! It's so rare that you see like a really unlikable character as the main <laughs> one." And meanwhile, Brian K. Vaughn's sitting there like, "Oh, I kind of based him on myself a little oh, bit." So like, it's it's just interesting. But uh, you're right; you do see him grow over the course of the series. And I think that even though he is a little bit annoying, yeah, he's got a good heart. I mean, do you? So you do like Yorick? I didn't think of him as like obnoxious, but I I definitely was like, why do you keep like revealing yourself? You're so yeah dull or thick headed you know it's like why are you doing this you know yeah but yeah i i wouldn't say i liked or disliked him i just like the series as a whole it all kind of like who's your favorite character um in this trade i really like um i like agent 355 Mm -hmm. um i like ampersand is funny you know the monkey i do not like ampersand no no i'm just not a fan of like animals as sidekicks yeah see what about baby noodle I love Noodle, but yeah. she's because she's my sidekick. It's yeah. kind of my sidekick. Oh, you know, maybe we should just yeah. ask Noodle, okay? Maybe we should sure. let her decide who's she's sure. the sidekick of. What did you think of the politics of this uh, series? Like, because it, it does, so this can't... So politics, Justin? Did you just say politics we, in 2020? Well, yeah, I mean, it's funny you bring that up because, um, you know, this was basically through the Bush years. Yeah. And up until 2008, when, you know, your boy Obama took over. Mm -hmm. And it, it's funny because it's like, I can't tell you why exactly this feels like a little slice of, like a little, like, amber preserve of the Bush years, but it, it kind of does. Yeah. Uh, back when we thought this was as bad as it could get. Oof. Yeah, it's like... I definitely was thinking about that a lot while reading this book. I did not go back to see when it was written, but um, that totally checks out that it would have been written like sort of at the end of the Bush years and then going into like sort of the Obama administration. Well, it ended like right in 2008. Oh, really? Yeah. So it oh, was, wow. Oh, my yeah. God. Okay. Damn. Yeah. Yeah, that is, that is crazy. Well, especially because like so in the beginning, there's this altercation between York's mom and the wives of the Republican congresswomen who have shown up at the White House. And they're basically like, um, 
we want to take over our husband's seats. You guys are like have total control over the country right now. Like this is bullshit. And like York's mom makes the point that she says she's like we're we're elected officials. You can't just assume a role. Like you have to be elected by like the citizens of this country. You know, and it's it also comes down to this thing where I thought this was crazy. So she makes this point where she's like, look, she's like, of the th- remaining 13 women that now make up the government, three-fourths of them were Democrats. So it's like this weird battle where it's just like a battle of numbers, mm-hmm. where it's like it just so happens that because more Democrats were women, um, those are sort of the ones left, and they're kind of like in power, and the Republican wives have kind of showed up, and they're like, fuck this, we're trying, like, you can't, You guys can't just take control of the White House and like shift everything to this one-party system. I mean, don't we already have a one-party system? What is the party? Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay. <laughs> Look, all I'm saying is, I kind of called bullshit on her little speech about like, oh, elected officials and all this. It's like, I mean, it does sound like a weird. Yeah, it's, it's like, like nobody looks good here. Like neither Democrats the, nor Republicans. There's like, so many like levers and strings being pulled where it's like we don't elect people the way we think we elect people like, oh 100 you know what i mean where it's yeah. like so for her to get on her high horse about like oh the sanctity well, of- but also it's like one of those things too where it's like lady the world is burning like yeah. what are you talking about elected officials like it's like what the yeah because isn't the um it's the secretary like a military state yeah the secretary of agriculture is isn't she the new president oh my god and this is one of my least favorite tropes where it's like they did this also in Battlestar Galactica uh, correction that was the education uh, minister so okay, yeah it right. wasn't the but it's just like it's the trope where it's basically like everyone has died and the next person in line is this woman and she's so unqualified because she's the head of this one very specific department that no one gives a shit about and it's just like why is that even a trope like why is that a thing and it's just like it's just so annoying because it's just like what this woman it's like really you had to go all the way down to like agriculture to find like a woman at the top like that okay sure interesting point (laughs) but i i do think that i think the reason they do that whole like way down the ladder yeah is because everybody does like a hero's journey you know someone of low means you know rising to meet the moment and like we all like that you know that sort of like crescendo as like they've finally stepped into their role because they're a true leader so i mean i guess and it's like yeah that's fine but also it's just like it's just so annoying that it has to be like so far from i don't know yeah we're just like what me it's like political cinderella it's like we're rising we're Uh. raising you up you found the glass slipper. Like, it's just like, really? Okay. I like that term, political Cinderella. I mean, it, that's just kind of what it feels like. And I, yeah. I, I'm not a fan. You don't, don't believe in it. fairy tales? No. I hate it. Yeah. I hate whimsy. I know you do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it it was really interesting to read this in the current um, political climate that we find ourselves. Um, for listeners in the future... It's the week of October 20th. How many days away to election? We got like two weeks or something. Yeah. Three weeks. So we're like three weeks away November from the... November 5th is the election. Yeah, we're so. three weeks away from the 2020 presidential election. So. Boo. Yeah. 
great. I don't know. It's also weird to talk about politics, too, because it's just kind of like, this is a comics podcast. Like, we're not here to, like... Yeah, we're not here to talk about that. We're not here to, like... We are bombarded with it on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TV, everywhere. So much of it is our own fault, though. It's like, we're the ones listening to these, like, political podcasts. Sure, sure. And, I I mean... And what some people might call the news, the news media. I always flash back to this, like, Megadeth music video whenever someone says the news. It's like this weird random scene with a little boy watching TV. And his dad's like, he's watching the music video and he's like, turn that off. I want to watch the news. And he turns out and he's like, this is the news. And it's like, it's mega death. It's not the news. Mm-hmm. It's wow. it's fun. Metallica light. Wow. Yeah, I said it, Dave Mustaine. Wow. I said it, Dave Mustaine. Come fight me, you weird Christian zealot. <laughs> you angry little troll person. <laughs> oh, Hannah. It's been so long. But I feel it in my bones. What do you feel, Justin? Oh, you know, that old feeling. <laughs> that old... Beyond the Panel! So, this week for Beyond the Panel, I'm just going to let you just uh, just go for it. You yeah, I mean, comic TV news slash movie news is a little bit light. We are struggling. Theaters aren't open. There's no big announcements. We can't go see Joker 2 or Wonder Woman got pushed back, I think, to next year. There's just like, and to be honest, like I get a little bit tired of reading comic book news websites because they're, they just, they just want to be like, they just, all those writers on those sites just want to be a Marvel or DC writer so badly. They're just like, oh, in the latest Batman metal and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So in the vein of like rejecting the big two, striking out on your own. Wow. I just want to say I stopped in to push pull in Seattle this week and they are For those of you, that's a comic shop. It's a shop for comics. No, it's more than that. It's an art gallery and it's like they specialize in zines and self-published indie work. It's insane what you can get there. It's a little pricey because, you know, everybody's paying out of pocket to print these things. Right. But there are some really cool zines. You can get, like, Rizograph comics. I got this weird comic that folds out. It's about space and time and four dimensions. It's weird stuff. Like, So I would just recommend check out Pushpull. If you uh, live in Seattle. Yes. Which this many... is a very specific plug. Yeah. If you live in the Seattle area, go check out this one comic shop. They have a website. Okay. Everybody does in this day and age. Sure. Okay. <laughs> Speaking of websites, Scarf Comics, an independent, free wow. quarterly comics newspaper that I co-founded with my brother and some <laughs> oh, friends of ours. Is this some shameless self-promotion, Justin? It is. Is that what this is? We now have a website, Scarf dot com that's scarf with three f's dot com right because how else would you spell it <laughs> one f or two or four or five sure. but specifically three f's <laughs> scarf dot com makes sense yeah check it out it's weird it's cool i like it we've been doing it a year now and since there's nothing else really going on in the world of comics this is it baby we're living in the dark ages beyond <laughs> the panel <laughs> Yeah, I, there's really, like, not too much more to say. I'm just excited that we're kind of back doing podcasts again. I did really miss it. I feel like, um, kind of like what we mentioned at the top of the episode, it's like, 
this has been a weird fucking year. And I feel like we keep talking about it in terms of like, oh, 2020, but it's just like, it's not a year. Like this shit has no expiration date. Like it's just going to keep going. And so I think that thought is just like ever present and. (sighs) (laughs) What I'm trying to say is that it has been a hard year to make content that feels like good and hopeful as I end this podcast on the most downer of notes Go buy Scarf. Go hug your loved ones. <laughs> I think we should do an outro with the um, the Who's from Whoville singing. I don't actually know how that song goes. <laughs> I think that's that's the gist. Mm-hmm. I think they basically just repeat that yeah. ad nauseum. That's it? Yeah, pretty much. Sign out. Sign out.